crossed it. I'll be translating uh, each point in French Re really quickly. We'll also be here for like two hours. <laughs> so it'll be rather quick. So today we are going to be looking at, as we read, Mark chapter 1, verse 29 to the end of the passage. And if you guys look at the title, it is Jesus is God, See Him Heal. And so we'll be looking at Jesus healing people. And more precisely, we'll be looking at different people's reactions to the healings. Most of them will be uh, uh, the reactions of someone who got healed. And then we're going to look firstly at the reaction of the mother-in-law of Simon. And then we'll be looking at the reaction of the crowd and demons. And then the reaction of leper. And uh, if you notice the structure of this passage, it's what we call a Mark sandwich. This Mark has a structural way of forming his stories. It's what he likes to do is take an important bit, the meat, and put it in between two similar bits, the bread. And so here we have two stories of people being healed, uh, the mother-in-law and a leper. And then we have Jesus who says something really peculiar in the middle. And that's going to be the last point that we'll look at. Is Jesus says, um, I came, uh, let's go to nearby villages so that I can preach. That is why I have come. So he's healing people, but then he says he's come to preach. Okay. So it's, it, it's interesting. So that's how it's going to be structured today. Bon, now, aujourd'hui, on va regarder le passage en Marc chapitre 1, 29 à, au fin du chapitre. Et uh, on va regarder vraiment la réaction des gens guérison de Jésus. Donc on va regarder premièrement la réaction de la belle-mère, c'est ça La belle-mère de Pierre, la réaction de la foule et des démons, puis la réaction du lépreux. Du lépreux, c'est ça, merci. Et euh, voilà, c'est ça. Et si vous regardez bien, en fait, Marc, il, il a des structures un peu intéressantes, parce qu'au milieu de ce passage, Il y, a, il y a quelque chose qui est différent. C'est ce qu'on appelle un sandwich de marque. Voilà, on va appeler ça un sandwich de marque. Donc, il a deux histoires communes, euh, qui est les guérissons de la belle-mère et les guérissons du lépreux. Oui. Donc, c'est un peu en commun. Puis, en milieu, tu as la viande, qui est Jésus qui dit qu'il est là pour prêcher. Donc, on va regarder ce point en dernier. Voilà. So, let's look at the reaction of the, of the mother-in-law to um, being healed by Jesus. So I'm going to reread just that beginning part. Uh, starting in verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. When problems arise, where do you go? Most of us, we tend to go to someone of authority. I personally have a problem in my life, I will go to my parents, because they have, and for me, our parents are the people with the most authority in our life. What we see here is, immediately when there's something that goes a little wrong, well, immediately when they see that the, you know, the mother-in-law, I wish she has a name, because I feel I'm going to make a mistake saying mother-in-law all the time, but when the mother-in-law of Peter, uh, is sick, they go immediately to Jesus. And we saw last week that Jesus had authority in his preaching. He had authority in his preaching 
so much authority that he could exercise demons. That's what he did um, right before uh, going to John Simon-in-law's house. So that's an uh, interesting point to know that when there's problems, you know, in our lives, who should be the some person with supreme authority is Jesus. So let's see what happened. Mother-in-law had fever. They brought him to Jesus, and Jesus immediately healed her, and she went to serve him. Um, for me, there are three interesting points on this uh, healing. healing. Um, the first is, when we're sick, um, for example, if, has anyone ever had a fever here before? Anyone have a fever? How long does it take you to get over a fever, usually, with modern-day medicine? Yeah, a few days. First, it takes you a bit to get healed, to no longer have a fever, and then after having a fever, it takes you like one, two, three days to recuperate. We see here that after this healing, the mother not was completely restored to the point where she could serve them. And that's amazing. We see that Jesus' healing is, is, is just perfect. You know, you can't, you can't get better than that. Even in today's medicine, we can't, we can't do what Jesus just, just did, you know. A miracle. So what we have is a full restoration. That's uh, interesting. Because it's interesting to note that for us, when we say it's a fever, um, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you're not going to die from a fever usually. Back in the day, it was a bigger deal than it is today. They didn't have the same advancement in technology. And um, Luke, in Luke's gospel, he calls it a high fever. So Luke, the doctor, uh, makes note that it was pretty, you know, it's a pretty dangerous situation. So that's the second point. And the third point is really the most important point is uh, the mother-in-law's reaction. What does she do when she's healed? She immediately starts to serve them. She gets up, you see, the fever left her, and boom, she began to wait on them. Wait on them, usually indicating that she served them maybe food or something to do. That is a normal reaction. I mean, when you look at it, this is really just a normal reaction to, to someone who uh, serves you. Um, when someone gives you something, or does something for you, your reaction is to reciprocate that with uh, a service to them. And today in our lives, Christ, when he comes in our life, we kind of can find ourselves in the same situation as uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Um, usually it's not physical death, but we are in fear of spiritual death. We are spiritually dead. Uh, uh, Ephesians 2, we're dead in our trespasses and sin. And Christ is the one who brings us to life. And so when Christ brings us to life, what should be our natural, normal reaction to that? Service, serving him. I can promise you that if I invite any one of you to my house for dinner, and I serve you dinner, 99 to maybe 100% of you are going to offer to do the dishes. Especially in France, that's a very common thing. Because when someone serves you, you like to serve them. And so it's natural. And today in our lives, being saved by Jesus, a natural reaction would be serving Him. And how do we serve Him? By serving others. Um, Philippians 2.4 uh, It says, look out, this is a you know, loose translation, 
look out uh, not only for your own interest, but for the interest of others. And we all know the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So loving your neighbor, serving your neighbor, is a natural reaction to Christ coming in your life and uh, healing you. Bon, en français. La première chose, uh, on va regarder du coup le, la réaction du maire de Simon, uh, de Balmer, de Simon Pierre, à uh, la guérison de Jésus. On voit que ce qui est intéressant de noter, c'est que quand euh, les disciples voient que la palmière est malade, ils vont directement à Jésus euh, pour la guérison, parce qu'ils ont déjà reconnu l'autorité de Jésus. Euh, auparavant, Jésus vient de euh, prêcher dans la synagogue avec tellement d'autorité qu'il a chassé un démon. Et, euh, dans nos vies aujourd'hui, on sait que Jésus a gardé cette autorité dans notre vie. Et, quand on a le moindre souci, c'est à lui qu'on devrait tourner. Et avec cette guérison, on note trois choses. Une, la première, c'est euh, à l'époque, euh, quand on a une fièvre, 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 quand on a une fièvre, euh, c'est beaucoup plus dangereux qu'avoir une fièvre aujourd'hui, en fait. Euh, aujourd'hui, si tu as une fièvre, tu es malade pour une semaine, tu prends les médicaments, au pire, tu vas au docteur. Au pire, pire des cas, tu vas aller à l'hôpital et ils vont te soigner. Et tu vas te guérir. Euh, et tu auras un petit moment de récupération. Bah, à l'époque, tu pourrais mourir. Et on voit que Luc note que c'est une, 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 une fièvre une fièvre assez euh, puissante, assez poussée. Et donc, elle risquait, bah, elle pourrait mourir à mère de pierre. Deuxièmement, quand Christ le guérit, le guérit, on voit une guérison totale. C'est-à-dire, elle, elle a retrouvé toute sa puissance. Et le, elle est euh, renewed. renewed. Re, elle est renouvelée. Renouvelée au tel point qu'elle peut... Euh, vous voyez, c'est interactif. En fait. <rire> à tel point qu'elle euh, peut servir les autres. Et c'est la troisième point. C'est la réaction naturelle de la belle mère de Pierre, c'est de servir Jésus. Parce que c'est ce qu'on fait. Quand quelqu'un fait quelque chose pour toi, on a envie de le faire pour eux. C'est euh, la notion de base de l'amour. Et aujourd'hui, on peut se trouver dans la situation de la palmaine de Pierre euh, parce qu'on est mort spirituellement avant de rencontrer Jésus. Et quand on rencontre, il nous fait naître de nouveau, il nous renouvelle totalement d'une telle part qu'on trouvait des nouvelles forces, une nouvelle force qu'on appelle une vie nouvelle. Et notre euh, réaction naturelle devrait être de servir, servir Christ. Et pour servir Christ, qu'est-ce qu'il faut faire Il faut servir les uns les autres. Parce qu'on voit, c'est ce ça ce qu'il nous demande de faire, ça ce qu'il nous a montré ce qu'il faut faire avec sa vie. Euh, donc voilà. Première réaction, c'est une réaction qui est complète, parfaite, une guérison, qui est, une guérison qui est complète et parfaite, qui euh, a une réaction de service. Secondly, we're going to look at the uh, reaction of the crowds and the demons. Well, of the crowds, everyone else. Um, that evening, verse 32, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, 
And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they know, knew who he was. So the reactions of the crowd. Um, the whole town was at the door. Uh, can you guys imagine doing a Bible study at Allen's and Pat's? Then going out, and there's a whole town of Bordeaux that just <laughs> standing there at the Chateau Paprimont waiting to be healed by the church. Well, that's just, you know, give you an idea. Of course, I don't know, how many people live in Bordeaux? What? Eight, about 800,000. Yeah, 800,000, around 800,000. There's nowhere near that amount of people back in the time. Capernaum, they, the historians said that there's around 1,300 to 1,500 people. But still, let's say there was only 1,500 people at the door of um, St. Peter's house. That's a, that's, a, that's, a huge, that's a huge impact. And why are the crowds there? Well, the crowds are there because they have this intimate need of healing. They're here to bring, they heard that Jesus has this authority over sickness and has this authority over demons, that he can heal and um, cast out demons. And the city goes there and shows their need for healing. They show, they show their vulnerability. And they're, they're, they're vulnerable. When you're healed, when you're in a moment of sickness, that's when the moments in life where you're the most vulnerable. When you're demon-possessed, I mean, I don't think you can be more vulnerable than demon-possessed. You don't have control, normally, of your own uh, body to an extent. And yet, they have so much confidence in Jesus that they're okay with being vulnerable there and asking him to heal them. So there Jesus is, standing at the door, healing and driving out demons. And we see a reaction of vulnerability, but also we see a wonder. Because these 1,500 people can't all be sick, right? Or else there's a problem with that city. No, most of them probably came to see this amazing man who can heal people and cast out demons. And there's a, this reaction of wonder and vulnerability. Um, I think today we tend to lose this sort of childlike wonder when we're faced with Christ. Um, when I read Psalms, I'm always amazed at how David is able to marvel at the simple things in life. Uh, God's creation um, and God's grace and just seeing a tree and seeing how marvelous it is, seeing the stars, you know how much we take the stars for granted. Often, we take Christ for granted, especially being living in a Christian family, we tend to uh, marvel less at the act of Christ. But Christ has such authority that you, you, can, you can just sit there and marvel at him, sit there and be amazed by who he is. And I think sometimes in our life, we just have to sit back, reflect on what Christ has done in our life, and marvel at what he's done, how he's done our life. And then you have the demons that are being driven out. Uh, last week, uh, Alan brought up an interesting point was, today we don't see very many demons. When well, France, we don't come to contact with demons. Um, I've heard stories in Africa, or maybe there's m a lot more uh, demonic activity. I don't know if Francis can affirm that or not. But anyways, today there's not a lot of demons. Um, and I tried to look up why that was. And, uh, well, there's no real, I don't know if you can say there's a real biblical explanation. 
Um, but there's stipulations, and one I liked was from John MacArthur, who's kind of explaining that today, demons, wait, what, demons, what are they? Demons, they are the angels cast out from heaven. So essentially, they're the enemies of God and Christ. So they're here to combat against Christ. And to do that today, they don't need to be exposed, in fact. They can stay hidden and do it. And in fact, that's when they do it the best. Because when has Satan won? When we feel like we don't need God anymore. When we feel like we don't need Jesus anymore. When we feel like we have everything we are, need and are satisfied. But we see that God's, Jesus' message is so powerful that he goes out and uh, casts out demons wherever he is. And incites some sort of reaction from, this, from these demons. Um, maybe it's pure fear. Out of pure fear, they come out of hiding and Jesus casts them out. And all we know was, that's how powerful Jesus' message was. He can cast out the forces of darkness and cast them out. Now, why, you might be asking, why does he ask the demons not to speak? Uh, you might be saying, that could be a good testimony if even your enemies declare you to be the Son of God. But then, think about it. Do you want your first witness to be your worst enemy? Uh, if you get married, you have witness, witnesses, when you get married, if, when you get married, you have witnesses that sign uh, the marriage contract to say, you know, yes, we're here, we witness that these two uh, uh, are married. Um, would you want your witness to sign your marriage contract if you was your worst enemy? Me personally, no. So that's kind of how I look at that. But in any case, it shows just the power of God's message and the power of, God, of, of Jesus uh, Jesus' uh, healings and his message, just his ultimate power that brings out wonder, demons that are cast out. And it's this power in which we don't have to be afraid, but it's a power we can be vulnerable in front of it and know that we'll be healed. Bon, en français maintenant. Donc la réaction de la foule des démons. On voit que là, quand euh, ils sortent de la ville, toute la foule était là devant, euh, devant la porte. Toute, toute la foule. Toute la ville était là à la porte de la maison de la belle-mère de, de Pierre. Quand on pense à la ville de Bordeaux, s'il était à la porte de Palais Galien, là, quand on sortait, ça serait impressionnant. Très, très impressionnant. Euh, bon, on est 800 000 habitants à Bordeaux. À Capernaum, là où ils étaient, ils étaient seulement 1500 à peu près. Mais c'est toujours impressionnant de voir ces 1500 personnes. Maintenant, pourquoi est-ce qu'ils sont là Ils sont là parce qu'ils ont entendu parler de cet homme qui a l'autorité, une, une, une autorité puissante quand il parle, et aussi une autorité puissante quand il guérit. Ils sont là pour faire guérir, pour se faire guérir. Ils sont là en position très vulnérable parce que quand on est malade, c'est là où on est le plus vulnérable possible. Quand les gens font la chirurgie sur vous, bah, vous de, vous, ils doivent vous endormir, sinon euh, ça ne va pas marcher. Donc c'est là où on est le plus vulnérable. Aujourd'hui, même à l'époque, quand on est malade, on n'a pas toutes nos forces, donc on est plus vulnérable. Et ils sont là pour euh, un besoin euh, intime de se faire guérir. Mais il y a aussi ceux qui sont là. Pour, pour venir, ils ont entendu parler de cet homme qui a cette puissance. Ils sont émerveillés. Ils veulent venir voir. Mais ils savent 
ils, vont, ils, ils sont émerveillés. Ils viennent là pour être émerveillés par cet homme, Jésus. Et c'est la réaction qui, que cette, ces guérisons stimulent, c'est la réaction d'émerveillement et de, euh, une sorte de vulnérabilité. C'est là où on peut être vulnérable devant, euh, devant lui et ne pas avoir peur d'être contrôlé par les mauvaises puissances. Voilà. Et même les démons, aujourd'hui, on n'a pas beaucoup de, de, de manifestations démoniques. En France, j'entends rarement parler de ça. Bon, il y a plusieurs théories, pourquoi pas. Hein. Euh, le, celui que je préfère, c'est celui de MacArthur, qui dit qu'aujourd'hui, les démons qui combattent contre l'évangile, contre Jésus, contre Dieu, ils n'ont pas besoin de se faire connaître pour le faire. Aujourd'hui, ils peuvent agir dans les, euh, les ténèbres, ils peuvent agir doucement, parce qu'aujourd'hui même à la limite, ils ne doivent même plus agir on est satisfait avec ce qu'on a les gens ils sont convaincus qu'ils n'ont plus besoin de Jésus ils ont complètement tort mais bref, on voit que le message Jésus dans son être, quand il est ici sur terre il est tellement puissant, son message ses guérisons sont tellement puissants que ça évoque une réaction des démons et c'est là qu'il peut aller les faire sortir des gens voilà, donc il y a cette puissance dans ce qu'il dit, et dans ce qu'il fait, et dans qui l'être. Qui l'est Qui l'être Qui l'est Oui. Mais maintenant, pourquoi est-ce qu'il dit, euh, Jésus dit qu'il ne devrait pas parler euh, Il dit, euh, quel verset 34, 34. Il ne le permettait pas de parler parce qu'il le connaissait. Moi, je pense que c'est le début du ministère de Jésus aussi ministère public de Jésus. Ta premier témoin, qu'est-ce que tu veux être qu'il soit ton premier témoin Est-ce que tu voudrais que ce soit ton ennemi ou les gens que tu veux venir sauver Ou toi-même Ou tes actions euh, Moi, je pense que peut-être Jésus ne voulait pas que ses premiers témoins soient des démons. Voilà. Peut-être. Voilà. Donc, quand tu penses à, à... Je pense souvent au mariage. Voilà. Et... Euh, tu as deux témoins qui signent euh, le contrat de mariage. Du coup, témoin qui signe le contrat de mariage, est-ce que vous voulez que ce soit votre ennemi ou votre ami Voilà. Vous n'aurez pas très envie que ce soit votre pire ennemi qui signe le contrat. Je pense que Jésus, peut-être, c'est un peu comme ça. Voilà. Il veut être. Peut-être pas que son ennemi te montre que c'est. Bon. C'est pas le, le, le point le plus important. Le point important, c'est que la réaction aux guérisons de Jésus invite à être vulnérable devant lui, mais aussi d'être émerveillé devant lui. Aujourd'hui, on devait se poser et penser à toutes les choses merveilleuses que Jésus a fait dans notre vie pour avoir une relation plus proche de lui et pour se rendre compte combien on a besoin de Jésus. En fait. Voilà. So now, I'm uh, we're going to go a little bit on a small parenthesis. Um, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I think these are, this was one of the most important verses in this passage here. Because if you look at it in the context, what was Jesus doing the whole night? Because it was the Sabbath, the people were kind of scared to bring the, uh, the sick to Jesus uh, in the daytime. So they brought everyone that was sick and demon possessed to him at night in the evening. He said that evening after the sunset, so when the sun went down, 
Jesus spent most of his life healing people. And yet, regardless, early in the morning, maybe he didn't even go to sleep. You know, uh, he went out and prayed instead of going out to sleep. That shows the importance of prayer in, um, in, 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 in our life, in, in life in general. The importance of prayer in Jesus' life. Him who was the Son of God would go out and pray. Um, all the time, actually. And the verb, when it says where he prayed, apparently in, in Greek it denotes a sort of repetitive action. So it's not like this is the only time he prayed. You see that he prays uh, often in the, in the, in the Gospels and uh, we can pretty much esteem that he's, he goes and prays, does this every morning. There's two or three points I'd like to point out with very quickly on the, this prayer. Is one, when he prayed, he went out to a solitary place. So it wasn't in public. He went out to uh, isolate himself to prayer, which is important so he could have his one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. Secondly, it was, um, like I said before, it was probably uh, something he did often. And thirdly, it was very early in the morning so that his daily activities weren't hindered by this m very intimate moment. Or, more likely, so that this intimate moment is not hindered by the daily activities. And so he can spend this time uh, unstressed with his father, uh, talking to him. In our lives, we should do that very often, every day. Um, I should do it more, to be honest. Anyways, en français, uh, on va regarder là un petit parenthèse. C'est le verset 35 où il parle de la prière. Vers le matin, alors qu'il faisait encore très sombre, il se leva, sortit pour aller dans un endroit désert et prier. Donc là, on voit l'importance de la prière dans la vie de Jésus. Parce qu'en fait, qu'est-ce qu'il faisait la nuit Il ne dormait pas, hein Il était en train de guérir les gens. Les gens sont venus pour l'amener, tout, tout le monde qui était malade et, et possédé, le soir, parce qu'ils avaient peur de l'amener le, le jour, parce que c'était le sabbat. Ouais. Ils sont venus le soir, après que le, coucher, le soleil s'est couché. Le coucher, c'est sous ouais. Le soleil s'est couché. Et donc, toute la soirée, Jésus était en train de guérir les gens. Mais malgré ça, il va quand même très tôt le matin pour aller parler avec son père. On voit l'importance de ça dans sa vie. Et donc ça devrait être important pour nous dans notre vie. Parce que ce qui est important pour Jésus devrait être important pour nous. Et il y a deux points que je veux noter. C'est une, il ne prie pas en public, il s'isole, comme ça il n'y a, a rien qui peut le distraire. Euh, il va dans une, lieu, euh, une zone un peu déserte. Et deuxièmement, euh, il le fait très tôt le matin. Euh, comme ça, ce moment intime avec son, son père n'est pas euh, impacté par l'activité qu'il veut faire, va faire dans la journée. Voilà. Et pour nous, c'est des bonnes principes à avoir. Ok, la third reaction, la réaction du leper. Verse 40. Yeah, verse 40. A man with a came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. There are some passages that say that Jesus was filled with compassion. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing, as the testimony is done. 
Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but had to stay outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So, the leper. First thing I want to note with this reaction is, surely the leper has heard of Jesus before, since he comes here to be healed. And what I found really interesting and amazing in it is the attitude of the leper to come and be healed by Christ. What is his attitude? Firstly, he seeks Christ. Um, Christ doesn't go to him to be healed. Uh, he goes to Christ. If you, if you haven't noticed, uh, we'll talk about that maybe a bit uh, later. But all these people, um, Christ doesn't go out to seek them to heal them. They come to Christ to be healed. Um, so he comes seeking Christ, seeking him. He comes humbly. He goes down on his knees <coughs> to ask Jesus to heal him. And then he comes faithfully with faith, believing. He comes already believing. He says, um, If you are, verse 40, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Talking to Jesus. He says, If you want to, you can make me clean. It's not, it's not hard for you, Jesus, to do this. It's not, this doesn't depend on if or if not, you can. It's, you can't do it. It's just, do you want to or not? And of course, Jesus wants to. I said, of course, but yes, Jesus says, I am willing to make you clean. And what is the reaction of this leper um, to Jesus? Well, maybe I might be reading in the lines too much, but I feel like it's a reaction of pure joy. Because Jesus tells him not to go out and spread the news, but to go to he says, don't tell anyone about this. See, see that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing. Um, Jesus probably tells him to do this uh, for a couple of reasons. One is, that's what you should do legally speaking, was go to the priest and he would per, uh, present you to be clean and offer sacrifices. And he'd be made known to be clean. And, uh, Jesus didn't want to hear the... Um, Jesus wanted to follow that law. Secondly, is maybe he didn't want to, um, I think he wanted to be able to go into towns and preach. But we see the reaction was that he couldn't even go to the town to talk to people because um, wherever town he went, people would flock toward him, towards him. But regardless of this command, the leper is so joyful that he went out and goes talking freely, spreading the news. I mean, think about it. His destination was death. For you, those of you who don't know what leprosy is, it's an illness that eats away at your skin, and little by little you start losing parts of your body until eventually you die. And it's basically, you're pretty, pretty sure to die back in the day. Um, no one really gets, not a lot of people get leprosy today, but back in the day, you die. And also it was a symbol of um, um, uncleanliness. You'd have to live outside the city. You couldn't even live in the city because it's very contagious and, and clean. Um, and it's a, it was a simple, even in the Old Testament, we see those who got leprosy were those who, uh, if you take the example of uh, Isaiah, those who were unclean spiritually also. Um, sometimes it was a, sometimes it was a, um, it, it was a, a consequence of, of selfishness, but we won't get into that. So it's an unclean. So think about it. Put, put yourself in the, the leper's spot. Your destination is basically to die. But not 
to die with your family, to die alone, isolated. And then you hear of a man that can save you. And you go to this man with hope that he will save you. And he does. How great is that? From one day to another, you realize that you have your whole life ahead of you again. The destination now is not to die. The destination, you can go, go back to your family, you can go back and live with your loved ones, you can go back and experience life again to the fullest. And that's the healing that Jesus gives us. He gives us a full unadulterated healing so that we can go and live life as an, uh, to the fullest. <clears throat> to the fullest. And the reaction that we get also is joy. As I said before, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. Christ made us alive again. Give us a new hope in life. Our hope now is not founded on things on earth. Like, do I have a good job? Why will I eventually get married, etc., etc.? It's founded in Christ. And this hope gives us joy. It should give us joy. I mean, can you imagine that? Now you don't have to be scared of death anymore. Because Christ can give you eternal life. Yes. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about this verse 41. Jesus was indignant. Jesus' reaction to seeing the leper. Um, touch on it really quickly. This uh, NIV says Jesus was indignant. Uh, in some verses, it says it's filled with compassion. Um, so yeah, the Greek word essentially means moved in the very depths of you, moved uh, from the depths of your person, from your bowels, moved from bowels. And so, um, I think both of these reactions are natural, but should be natural for Jesus. Because why can you be indignant? But well, when you see a leper, a leper, what you see essentially is, is sin itself, the uncleanness that came into the perfect world that you helped create. Jesus was with God at the beginning when God created the, with the Father when they created the world. God created the earth. So he knows how perfect it should be. When you see your creation um, suffering from the sickness called sin, wouldn't you be indignant? But he also has compassion because he has compassion on the soul that is suffering. He has compassion on the suffering that is, uh, that is feeling this sickness. He has compassion on the mother-in-law of Peter who has fever. He has compassion on each and every one of you. And that's why he came to this earth, to, to talk to us. Show his compassion. Donc en français. Allez, assez rapidement en français. Donc on va regarder la réaction du l'homme lépreux. Ce que j'aime bien avec cette réaction, c'est l'attitude de l'homme par lui à Jésus. Il a sûrement entendu parler de Jésus et de ses guérisons et l'autorité que Jésus avait dans ses guérisons. Il a dit, voilà un homme qui peut changer la vie. Mais quand il va, euh, il ne va pas en voix haute en disant à Jésus, eh, Jésus, viens ici, euh, 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 guéris-moi. Je sais que tu peux, tu as guéri tout le monde, euh, tu peux me guérir aussi. Non, non, il a une réaction complètement différente. Il va. Déjà, il va chercher Jésus. Il n'attend pas que Jésus vienne vers lui, mais il va vers Jésus, lui chercher. Deuxièmement, il, 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 il s'accroupit sur ses genoux. Il dit, se jettant à genoux. Il se jette à genoux, donc avec humilité. Il se prosterne devant Jésus. Et troisièmement, il croit déjà que Jésus peut lui guérir. Il dit, si, euh, si tu le veux, tu peux me rendre pire. Donc, il vient chercher Jésus en croyant qu'il peut être sauvé. 
Et ça va être notre attitude quand vient Jésus. On devrait venir à lui, croyant que nous pouvons être sauvés. Même pour les petites choses dans la vie. Hein. Parce qu'aujourd'hui, il y a une contraste entre le fièvre, la fièvre et euh, le, un homme lépreux. Bon, à l'époque, peut-être les deux pourraient mourir, dans tous les cas. Et même dans les petites choses dans la vie, on peut venir à Jésus et en confiance qu'il peut, euh, il est là pour nous aider. Et la réaction du lépreux, c'est joie. Et Jésus lui dit de ne pas dire à personne, de dire à personne, mais d'aller au temple et se faire proclamer pur par le, par le, par le prêtre. Et euh, offrir un sacrifice selon le loi, la loi. Parce qu'il voulait que l'homme respectait quand même la loi. Euh, euh, mais il est tellement joyeux qu'il doit aller proclamer à tout le monde. Imagine que toi, face à la mort, tu retrouves la vie. Euh, tu vas proclamer à tout le monde. Hein. Euh, quand tu, euh, par exemple, quand tu trouves une, une femme, bah, tu proclames à tout le monde. Tu es tellement content, peut-être tu retrouves une autre vision de la vie. Tu as envie d'aller à tout le monde. Voilà. Quand tu as une bonne boulot, ta vie va changer. Ah, tu as envie d'aller proclamer ça à tout le monde. Euh, bah, C'est le, euh, le but de Facebook. Hein. C'est de proclamer toutes nos, joies, toutes nos joies à tout le monde. Mais nos joies principales, ça doit être Jésus. <rire> bon, ça doit être Jésus. C'est lui qui, euh, qui vraiment change notre façon de voir la vie et change notre façon de vivre la vie. On voit ça plus tard. Voilà. Donc on devrait avoir une réaction de joie face à Jésus et ses guérisons. Now, Untitled this next part, Christ's reason for being here on earth, but I think that might be a bit ambitious. But let's look at verse, uh, <laughs> a bit arrogant of me to say that. Let's look at verse 38. Um, let's look at the meat part of the sandwich. Um, after Jesus goes out and prays, before he heals the leper, um, his disciples go out to look for him, naturally, because they don't know where he is, and say, hey, Jesus, everyone's looking for you when they find him. They say, Jesus, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. You know, come back and you know, come you know, talk to everyone. But what Jesus, Jesus' response is very interesting because he says, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages. Can you imagine being the disciples? You say, hey Jesus, let's go back to these people that are looking for you. They probably sent us out to go get you. And you're saying, let's go somewhere else. You're kind of like, okay. All right, Jesus, whatever you say, you know. Let's go somewhere else. Says, let's go somewhere else to nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. There are two things, main things, I think, in the Bible that help us understand Jesus. The miracles he performed and his words, what he said, what he spoke, the parables he said, he presented, for example. Now, the miracles he performed kind of show Christ's personality. It kind of shows his character. Um, it shows the compassion, for example. Here we, we saw the compassion that Jesus had for for those uh, lost. But his words, what he says, show that he is the way, the truth, and the life. It, so, it shows the reason why he's here. It shows his goal, why he came to earth. And he says it so many times. He says um, he's here to, uh, to, be, to be the bread of life, to be the fountain of water, 
to be, he is the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only one to the Father. No one can come to the Father but through me. Be saved. He is the path to salvation. And that's what his parable pastor so. So that's why we see how important it is for Christ. Yes, healing people who are hurting is extremely important to Christ. But how does he do it best? Through his preaching. Through speaking. Through changing the way that people saw earth. Uh, saw, saw the world. Yes, yeah, saw the earth. Sure, why not? But saw the world. Through changing your priorities. And showing, hey, don't worry about yourself as much as you should worry about your neighbor. You know? Hey, look at the world in a more joyful view. Love one another, you know. Be kind to one another, forgiving one another. Um, but more importantly, as we saw last week, um, believe in the gospel. Believe in me, uh, the miracle worker. Um, believe that through um, what I will do, you can come to the Father and have this eternal life. Have salvation, not only from your um, earthly sickness, but from the more important spiritually, spiritual illness, separation from God. And that's why we're here every Sunday to remember that, this fact. That Jesus, through his um, sacrifice, uh, through the blood that he poured out and his body that he gave, um, was able to uh, take our sin on himself and uh, justify us in front of God. And that's why his words are so important, because that's what his words say. That's what he says when he speaks. He shows that he came to bring back the lost son to the father. And you even see that in the Bible, he does about 35 miracles, I saw, but he has around 40 parables. So we see that his preaching is important um, for him. Christ can come in and heal us to the point where we serve him with joy. But to be able to do this, we need to change our hearts and thinking. And he changes our thinking through his preaching. He changes us to realize that we now depend on him fully. And that he is the only way to eternal life. So Christ, uh, Jesus is God, see and heal. Seal and heal to perfection. Have this reaction of joy, of wonder, of service, but also this knowledge that what he says is more important, or more important, what he says is equivalently important to what he's done for earth, and that what he says shows the compassion that his healing shows, that both of them go together to show that Jesus is the healer, he is God who loves us and wants us to live our full life free from sin, free from uh, uh, sickness and health and live life fully. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll leave it to Alan. En français, la dernière partie. Donc, on va. Sorry, guys. I'll be really quick. Donc, on voit là, verset 38, où Jésus dit que. Allons. Là, on voit que, en fait, après qu'il guérit beaucoup de gens euh, le soir, euh, non, après qu'il va prier, euh, les disciples ils cherchent. Il dit Jésus, beaucoup de gens t'attendent. Euh, bien, reviens pour retrouver les gens. Il dit Non, allons-y. Il dit directement, je vais lire le passage, verset 38 Allons, 
ailleurs, dans les villages voisins, afin que j'y prêche aussi, car c'est pour cela que je suis sorti. » Donc il dit bah, « Non, je veux aller prêcher, c'est ce qui est le plus important. » Et donc ça, c'est le parti, la viande du sandwich du mar. Parce qu'on voit que pour lui, les guérisons, guérir les gens, c'est important, mais prêcher, c'est encore plus important. Et pourquoi ça Bon, dans la Bible, il y a deux façons, deux, 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 deux outils principaux qui nous permettent, nous aident à, comprendre, à visualiser, à comprendre Jésus, à, à le voir. C'est un, les miracles qu'il a fait, et deux, euh, ses paroles, ce qu'il a prêché. Un, ces miracles montrent plus euh, la personnalité de Jésus et sa caractère, et ses paroles, ce qu'il disait, ça montrait vraiment le raison pour lequel il était là, euh, ce qu'il était, son but. Ça montrait que euh, il est le seul voie au salut. Les miracles montraient qu'en en fait, il nous aime tous, qu'il a la compassion pour tout le monde. Il veut guérir tout le monde. Euh, mais euh, ces paroles montrent qu'il peut guérir tout le monde. Euh, il peut guérir non seulement sur l'aspect physique, sur le niveau physique, mais l'aspect, euh, sur le niveau spirituel aussi, qui est le niveau le plus important pour nous. Euh, oui, qui est le nouveau le plus important pour nous. Il vient pour dire qu'il est euh, la vérité, le, le, le voile, le chemin de la vérité. Merci. Il est le seul moyen pour accéder au salut. La mort spirituelle, c'est quoi C'est la séparation de Dieu. Et Jésus est le, 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 le voie pour revenir à Dieu. La voie pour revenir à Dieu. Et c'est ce qu'il prêche. Il dit il est, euh, il est euh, la, euh, l'eau pour ceux qui ont soif, la, la nourriture de, de vie, la, le pain de vie pour ceux qui ont faim, et la, le, le bois, le chemin, la vérité. C'est la vie. Ouais, la, la bois et le chemin, c'est pareil en français. Donc. La vie, chemin, vérité. Merci, on va arriver. Même à travers, concrètement, on voit qu'il a fait 35 miracles et 40 Bon, ça donne une idée que voilà, ce qu'il dit c'est très très important pour lui. Et pourquoi Parce que Christ peut venir dans notre vie et nous guérir nous, et, et, au point qu'on est joyeux, qu'on le sert avec joie. Nous peut seulement faire ça après qu'il a changé notre cœur, notre façon de penser à travers quoi Sa sacrifice. Maintenant à travers ce qu'il prêche, ce qu'il dit, et ce que le Saint-Esprit dit à travers lui aujourd'hui. Voilà. Donc, Jésus est Dieu, vient le voir guérir, et vient se faire guérir par lui, et voir, euh, avoir cette réaction de joie, de service, et de démerveillement devant lui. Merci. Je vais laisser mon Dieu te arrêter.